Vital Educators podcast is hosted by self-development coach, investor, and renowned educator, Ahmed Saqib. Ahmed will speak to fellow educators, young professionals, ordinary people like you and me about their life choices that allowed them to become successful in their careers. He will also delve deeper into the psychology and their perception of success, the good, bad, and the ugly. For young students, he will discuss techniques to help you with your learning and development. Ahmed is committed to helping you determine what you want to do in life. He will share his own life experiences of self-discovery and self-realization that has led him to launch this venture. So this podcast is for anyone who wants to know more about various paths to becoming successful in any profession or passion. Hi guys, my name is Ahmed uh, and I'm from Vital Educators. I've got an amazing, amazing guy here who has been a part of my life for a past year now and he's been quietly influencing how I behave and how I'm acting in my life and how, how I stay optimized in my work that I do. And uh, I would like you to uh, welcome uh, Nathan here. How's, how's it going, Nathan? You all right? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Awesome. So could you kindly tell us uh, about yourself and what kind of who you are and what you do, basically? Yeah. So welcome, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. You good humans. I'm Nathan Woodruff, founder of Stoic Homes and um, general students of life. Awesome. Love it. Love it. I love it. So let's start with what made you want to First of all, why why is it called Stoic Homes? What is Stoic Homes? Um, so it, Stoic Homes is a modular manufacturing company which offers um, genuinely ecologically, environmentally sustainable housing options. Um, the name Stoic Homes comes from the sort of one of the major reasons that I took the leap and, you know, start set up the company um, was because Stoic philosophy had a major um, impact on my life. Um, And yeah, currently writing a book about it. And the other two philosophies, if you would call them, are minimalism and Buddhism among interesting among many others uh but yeah fascinating fascinating i i love it so for those of for those of you who don't know could you kindly explain to us what does it mean to be a stoic a stoic um just a a good a good (laughs) phrase that i like is stoicism is like being getting slapped in the face and then smiling over and over again. <laughs> oh, this is beautiful. To okay. Me, that sums up the stoic way of living life. It's just take, okay. taking life, taking it on the chin and just cracking on regardless. I love it. I love it. And of course, uh, the idea actually was born from um, from from the from the works of Mar- uh, Marcus Aurelius, of course, and uh, I, I presume that uh, 
he has been a massive influence in your life. Am I correct in presuming that? Yeah, definitely. It, okay, interesting. Okay, so um, wh- why why decide to 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 provide environmentally sustainable homes for for people? I mean, why why? Obviously, I understand being a stoic from a personal level is about hardship, is about uh, being slapped in the face, as you say it. But why translate that into business? Why not just keep it personal? Um, because, because ultimately, one of the teachings of Stoicism is that you should differentiate the things in your life which you do have control over and don't have control over and basically don't complain about the things you don't have control over and do something about you the things you do have control over so um when so basically um i started my journey at let's say 17 started as a an apprentice joiner and then worked in the building industry for sort of seven or eight years. And in that time, I learned just generally how inefficient everything is, how wasteful the building industry is, how dreadful quality new build houses are, and how expensive they are relative to how much they cost to build. Um, And it generally just pissed me off. Um, Mm. So then using the stoic philosophy of doing something about the things you have control over, I decided to set up a company building, in my opinion, houses which are, you know, just a better solution. Mm. And at what age did you set up this company? Um, Well, like two years ago, I built... um, some of some of you guys listening may have heard uh, t- about tiny houses, and they're really popular in America. And it's basically just um, like a a six meter long, two two and a half meter wide flatbed trailer, and then you just build a house on it. Um, and the the you know amazing for getting around planning permission, um, and just generally you know, being able to live mortgage-free, be more flexible on where you live. Um, and I I basically saw saw the tiny house movement in America and just built one. Uh, just You built it yourself? Yeah, just like quite literally by hand entirely on my own. And, uh, and, when, and you did that two years ago? You, sorry? You did that two years ago? Yeah. Wow, amazing work. Okay, okay. And then, so you did that. Uh, and you, you acquired planning permission for it as well, which basically means that you had to give dimensions to the council to let them, to let them, to, to allow them to let you build on a piece of land, basically, which is a small piece of land, basically, right? Uh, not really. So okay. I actually, because, because it's on a trailer, you can move mm. it anywhere and you don't technically need planning permission unless you're going to mm. permanently live in it forever and 
you know, and then you're paying council tax and everything. So I actually just built it on a farm and then, and yeah, and then uh, since then friends have rented it, you know, I've used it and yeah. Do you still have it? Yeah, I've still got it. And uh, so when you say, so it's a, it's a, it's a mobile home basically, right? Kind of like living in a caravan. Really posh, really well built mobile home. I love it. I love it. And it's so when you, when you say, so, and it's built with environmentally sustainable products like wood and presumably. uh, Yeah. So it's, it's a timber frame construction, timber clad, um, but part of the story of setting up the company is that I built this, call it a prototype. I didn't really know what I was doing at the time. I just fancied building one. Um, mm. But during that process, I learned that the the timber frame construction isn't the best because mm. it's it's all right, but it's not as it's just not the best way to build a house. And then also I learned that although there's a massive market for, you know, affordable houses and small, compact, agile houses, mm. um, when it came to it, the, the, the big question people had was, where do I put it? Mm. And, and how do I find land? How do I afford land? So then I started you know, looking more into it and basically realize that the best way to go about offering affordable housing is to acquire some land, whether it's, you know, finding someone who's already got land, like a farmer who's not using it, finding Mm. an investor that wants to invest in some land, and then basically just setting up a village and then selling all the houses already with land, but with the flexibility to move them to a different location at any point. So then, during all, so then as well, I learned that um, like institutions such as pension funds, real estate investment funds, their investment criteria was mm-hmm. for two two three and four bedroom houses mm. you know on uh, as a village so then i realized that the 2.5 meter by six meter house that i'd built was was good for like one or two people max mm. but then to actually tap into the big money you know, like the billions um, and be able to build villages of 120 houses and plus and really make an impact on, you know, the housing market. Mm -hmm. I had to offer a product that was more suited to three and two, two, three, four bedroom um, applications. So that's when I started researching, um, like what was the biggest modular unit you could build in a factory mm. and then still just deliver it fully finished to site. So now we have a range of nine houses starting from a tiny house size of 2.5 by 6 metres and mm. 4 metres high up to um, 
the biggest single unit home we offer is four meters wide, 16 meters long, and 4.2 meters high. And then we do also offer a bigger version, which is two units put together. When you say two units put together, how two, many beds? Two modular in- units. Two modular units. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so these are all be- mobile homes. Well, the, the the ones that are four meters wide, they're built on ground screws, so they're not you cut, they're not on a trailer, mm. um, you, and you'd have to transport it on a like an Arctic lorry. Um, but yeah, the the built on on in essence just big screws, and they are the foundations. Um, I have a question. Go on. Why build mobile houses? Because if you, uh, why can't you build sustainable housing, which are good for the environment, but have them be immobile on a piece of land? Why, why can't you do that? And uh, you previously, that's one question. And previously, you mentioned about timber frame isn't the best. What is the best in your opinion now? So, answering your first question. Mm-hmm. The, the bigger houses that we offer that are on ground screws, they are permanent. Um, it's just that it, the ground screws are a better option than a concrete foundation because it means that we can um, get around planning policies regarding to uh, like greenbelt land, areas of outstanding natural beauty because mm. we're having in essence, way less impact on the land um, than if we were digging a hole and pouring loads of concrete in. Mm. So theoretically, it's the best of both worlds because um, one, you can you could just you know set one up, live in there permanently, just like a normal house. Um, but but then at the end of the lifespan of the house, you can just pick the house back up, dismantle it and reuse the components or recycle the components, unscrew the screws from the ground and the and then within a few months the grass will regrow and the field is exactly how it was when we first came. Um, but then also if you buy a house w- that's on one of our villages with land, you've got like a minimum of five years to um find you know either find other people that that want to live you know in a similar way to you and you can all chip together to buy some land um and then you can basically pick your house back up off the ground screws take Mm. your ground screws out take them all with you and set it up again on a new site makes sense Okay, I generally have a, a logistical question now, uh, but, uh, but you haven't actually answered the timber frame question, but we can obviously park that for now. The question becomes, how much are these houses are going for? And uh, are these mortgageable houses or not? Because I presume they won't be, because t- typically speaking, they won't have an address if they are able to be moved from one point to another. Yeah, <clears throat> good question. So the, they are mortgageable because they are BOPAS certified. Um, what does that mean? Could you kindly explain? Because I don't know. 
Bopass is yep. the uh, the building control for off-site construction. Oh, okay, okay. Makes sense. It's the build off-site property assurance scheme, which basically just means they've verified our, our factory and building methods and they're, yeah, assuring the quality. Interesting. Wow. There's so much to unpack here. There's so much information that you've given me. Um, and they, so, they range from, um, yeah, from 40,000 with mm-hmm. land. So the, all these prices are with land. Mm-hmm. From 40,000 for the smallest one up to 168,000 for a four bed. Interesting. Which is, which is the highest spec four bed we offer. Nice. And uh, where are they based exactly? Preston? Um, yeah, at the minute we're focusing our efforts on the Lancaster area because that's where I'm from. Of course. Um, but then we've also got another site in Nutsford. Um, no. And yeah, in the future we'll definitely be covering the rest of the UK and then Europe. Interesting. Talk to me about yourself. Like, what gave you the idea? I understand that you had seen that um, you, you obviously you have talked about building um, construction companies being extremely wasteful and just not being environmentally aware uh, when they do their work. But how did you come up with the idea of stoic homes with such level of intricacy? Because what you're talking about here is pretty much unheard of to the normal investor like me, you know? how 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 were you how were you able to come up with the whole and what's your aim with this Where, how far do you want to go with this what do you want with stoic homes so the idea um it's not like i just had a, a brainwave one day and and designed <laughs> the whole ask you know every aspect of everything it's literally just i've i've started off building a tiny house thought that was the best option and then learned that that's good for some people, but not everyone. And then, you know, just, yeah, I've just basically learned all the details as I've gone, gone, gone along, really. Um, wow. And the ultimate, and, 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 and as well, like, you did ask me before about what's the best, you know, building method now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, like the genuine answer is I haven't found it at the minute (laughs) we're using structurally insulated panels, which you can Google and see what they are. Um, and they're super, you know, super energy efficient, very easy to build in a modular factory. And that's what we're currently using. But then the, the reality of it is we're only a year into being established and we've not spent nearly as much as I'd like to on research and development. So mm. I'm, I'm expecting that in the next 10 or 20 years, we'll be designing our own, you know, wall construction mm. system. Um, and is that the aim with Stoic Homes? Yeah. So the ultimate aim really is to tap into institutional investment and like have a genuine disruptive impact on the housing industry as it is today and 
Like my ultimate goal is to um like not single handedly do it. Um mm. because that would be unrealistic. Because there's like three hundred thousand three hundred thousand affordable houses need building every year. Mm. And we simply just will never have the capacity to build that many houses. Um but I personally just have a a strong disliking for the type of house that is built on new build sites nowadays. Why is um, that? Just because of the quality of them. They look really nice though. They attract a lot of, uh, mm. obviously, first time buyers because of the government incentive schemes. Um, yeah, but, but it's they're... the only option. That's the thing. It's it's people's mm. only option. It's like some, I'm not I'm not saying every single building site is horrible, because you know there are definitely some which are built better. You know, with better quality materials like stone or what and whatever. But the affordable housing villages, in my opinion, are just disgusting, and I would mm. never want to live in one. And I would never mm. recommend anyone bought one because they're only built to last like 20 years before they need major rework doing to them. Um, and just the the only goal or um, yeah, the only incentive for the the developers is profit, not mm. like genuine long-term sustainability and um yeah people are quoting nowadays that they're eco because they've put like one solar panel on the roof but <laughs> not taking into consideration the full lifespan of the house you know like from from digging out the materials from the ground to you know to it being built and manufactured on site up, mm. um up to the point where the the house has has come to the end of its lifespan and it needs to be deconstructed and recycled when you actually take all of that into consideration they're just horrendous for the environment and especially like bigger bigger buildings like you know apartment blocks which are all concrete prefab uh, sections yep. yep um they're just yeah like there was a there was a, a a bus station that was recently um taken down near where i live in preston mm. and literally it was just they just had big big like um diggers and they were just smashing this big concrete building to bits and you know there's like metal reinforcing in it and they just literally had to just smash the building to pieces quite literally and it took them several months and literally for months it was just emitting carcinogenic dust from the site all around the center of preston it's just wow. an absolute joke and then obviously i um i presume normal person who's on the road cannot understand and see this so people just take it as it is i guess yeah exactly that... people just think mm. because that's what's being offered that's the best option when really mm. it's just the cheapest and most 
you know, cost-effective option. Technically, I've seen some of the new builds. They're actually not cheap. They just go by any of the... They are as expensive as any of the other Victorian houses as well, to be honest with you. So given the fact that your product is, in fact, cheaper and more environmentally friendly, it is a no-brainer for a lot of the people. But the only question from my perspective, uh, or somebody who's a first-time buyer or somebody who's a novice investor, would be that I would want the house to be built on an actual site. Because if I... Uh, presumably, these are rentable houses as well. So they, there's, yeah. a, there's, a, there's an idea... We, we, work, with, we work with landowners um, hmm. or investors and offer them not... Like legally, we can't offer them investment advice, but mm. we do offer solutions for investors or landowners that want to generate cash flow from their land. Makes sense. Makes sense. And uh, so, presumably, somebody who is um, who would who would build on that land from an investment perspective, I just don't want from an investment perspective. This is my 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 tenants to take my house on a trailer and just run away with it if you know what i mean i know it sounds silly but uh but um, the ones that are built on a trailer are Mm -hmm. the the really small ones um Mm -hmm. and i i wouldn't really recommend recommend that for a you know residential build to rent site hmm interesting and how are you because i realize um when you go to when you learn the the crafts of building a house when you're 17 i presume that you're you were learning how to build a house that is made up of concrete yes um yeah yes and no um i mean how did you learn how to build but how did you learn how to build a house that is environmentally friendly and that is mobile and that actually fits the ethos of what you're trying to communicate here? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry for asking weird questions. No, no, it's fine. Um, it was more just from like research, really. Um, and just being in the industry for so long, you, you, you come to learn all of the all of the options, you know, from mm. like the worst, you know, like I even built plastic conservatories, you know what I mean, which are just wow. the worst thing for the environment. But then mm. on the other end of the scale, I was involved in like um, really eco, you know, like the unrealistically eco in terms of scalability like straw bale houses Hmm. um or um something that i do want to uh you know get into more in the future um is hempcrete houses explain to us what hempcrete means please so hempcrete is a material a building material where you take the the hemp shiv or the woody core from a hemp mm. stalk, mm. and you mix it with lime. And then the lime coats the hemp shiv and seals it. And then you, you it in essence creates a like a concrete replacement called hempcrete. Wow. Wow. Which is like, you know, 
just again google it yourself you'll see the stats where you know how much lighter it is um how much more insulated it is it's stronger than concrete and it's actually carbon sequestering which means that it absorbs more carbon from the environment than it Mm. takes to produce it Mm -hmm. and it'll probably turn it into calcium carbonate which would be part of the like 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 limestone basically yeah wow interesting wow this is this is fascinating because to be honest with you i've known you for a year and um we've we've met at an investment event and i must say that it's such a fascinating thing to actually listen to you talk about your own company because i had no idea that you had such deep um ideas regarding stoic homes i just thought that the reason you just named it stoic is because of the type of person you are and that's what draws me towards you because of your personality and how zen you are with life and how you take spirituality and uh business and kind of and kind of intermingle them uh to grow yourself so so i'm i'm extremely fascinated by your work and i'm i'm gobsmacked at what you've achieved so far so uh, tell me about from from let's talk about from an investment perspective how were you convincing how would you be convincing an investor to invest essentially in this project what if an investor who wants to invest in a like a rental yeah yeah so say say i'm sitting i'm sitting a hundred thousand pounds um i don't know what to do with it how is it that my hundred thousand pounds will give me more money versus me um putting the money into uh buying a concrete house a victorian house basically um well really we do just work with um it it totally depends on the individual situation Hmm. like if you if you just approached us and said i've got 100k i want to invest it and i want 10% yield hmm. then we could then link that up with one of the projects that we're working on and you know where we're working with for example a farmer who wants to produce a rental yield hmm. and we could use that 100k to um fund part of the build or if you, you know, Interesting. It, it totally, de- it just does totally depend on your personal situation. Um, but that's, Makes I think sense. partly why we're doing all right is because we are very flexible and agile in the way that we can work with people. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And how are you seeking out these investors? Um, like, to be honest, we're not, we've not actually seeked anyone out yet. Um, Mm. we've more just ended up stumbling across people and, and, you know, ended up explaining what the, what we are doing and they've Mm. come to us and said, Oh, you know, I've got some land or I know someone or whatever. And then that's ended up, uh, turning into a project. And how do you obviously you the because uh, I, and this is me presuming here you have obviously built 
from an early stage and you've devised a way and or you're still in a process of devising a way which is to produce the most environmentally friendly and most efficient build possible right how are you teaching this or how are you making sure that the people that you have working with you are also doing the same thing well the team is very small like it's literally me mm-hmm. um we there's there's me there's the co-founder charles who um studied investment management um, nice. and he's just an enlightened person <laughs> uh, who knows a lot about economics and just has a very good broad perspective on the world of of finance um and then we we are partnered with a uh an architect firm and we're also partnered with a manufacturing company so that's a lot of, that's a big team to me that's not a small team at all <laughs> yeah but 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 there's only you know there's only three directors and that's it and we have no employees and ah oh, okay i get it i get it so let me ask you this so if you get a planning permission to build nine houses i think you mentioned earlier how are you supposed to achieve that just being the three of you well we we have you know the we have the infrastructure Hmm. to to build 45 houses a month um hmm. but we just we don't own the factory ourselves which is also you know ended up very a, a good way to go about it because at the minute we'd be shitting our pants because <laughs> we wouldn't be able to be building houses so when you say factory are you saying that these houses are factory built yeah, so they're entirely oh, started and finished in a factory. Wow. And then they are transported to the site and then bolted to the site and then um, bolted into the ground into the energy systems. So they're wow. built, they're built depending on the site, they're either built fully off grid if there's no um utility connections hmm. or if there is mains electricity on the site, then we we design like a hybrid system which in essence, mainly runs off solar. Um, and then when the battery bank gets down to a certain level, the mains electricity kicks in to top the batteries up. Of course. Wow. And how did you find this factory? Like, wh- who owns this factory? That's uh, disclosed information. <laughs> oh, is it? I apologize. Uh, okay, I had a, no idea. It was a connection, it was a connection uh, that we we basically was put in touch with them through our architect. Interesting. And they're, they're, they're doing the same stuff that you guys are doing as well, right? They're doing, um, very affordable serviced accommodation units at the minute. Um, and they have their own product line. Um, but be, we basically just use their base of the SIP construction panels. Hmm. Um, but then we've put them in touch with like the off-grid energy providers um, and we basically just use a lot higher spec materials and finishes on our p- products. Interesting. 
So uh, if, I, if I was to say, um, Nathan, if you have to sum up your aim from this company into one line or one sentence, what would you tell me? What's the aim here? To have a disruptive impact on the housing industry and offer genuinely affordable, genuinely sustainable and um, ooh, environmentally friendly. Environmentally friendly, but then also community inspiring villages. I love it. Maybe this should be your logo. I don't know. I mean, uh, what's underneath the logo? I forgot the the subtitle, I guess. I don't know what to say. But uh, wow. Interesting. Um, I, I love it. This is this is uh, mind opening because these are the sort of things that people don't know about at all from uh, because when people talk about investment in property, they always think the traditional route and traditional route is normally considered a safe route. So if I was to ask you now, um, are there any pitfalls that you're worried about? Is there anything that you're worried about with regards to stoic homes and what you guys offer? Not really. Um, at the minute, we are limited to building 45 a month, hmm. which is nowhere near the amount that we need to be building to have a disruptive impact. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, the way that the company's set up, we're, not, we're never going to be over-leveraged. So Makes sense. It, we're just going to exponentially grow to the point where we can afford to build our version of the gigafactory <laughs> and, yeah so and how and how has current circumstances of covid19 impacted your um your functionalities in the business basically or impacted your business so it's only really um it's it's basically paused one of our projects so hmm. we we were going through the design phase of a uh, like a um, holiday resort in Portugal. Interesting, sustainable, were, environmentally friendly holiday resort, I presume, right? Yeah, and um, nice. we well, it, it, the the project is still going ahead, um, but it's just paused for the next few months. But um, yeah, we're, we're in essence going to collaborate with a lot of different types of businesses and freelancers like um yoga instructors you know meditation coaches um cycling tour guides wim hof instructors you know (laughs) it'd be like a health retreat so Mm, they can use the site as their base and and do like a couple of weeks a year based from there and offer their retreats um Mm. And yeah, I presume it's in. Uh, I, I, I presume it's okay. I presume presume it's in Algarve, in Portugal, right? No, <laughs> it's not. Wow, because that sounds like a place where you'd be doing all these healthy health retreat holidays. So where is it in Portugal? Could you be? Are you able to disclose that information nah, or not? Not really yet. Not at the minute. Oh, okay. Fair enough. No problem. Okay. Yeah, so, the rest, uh, of the rest of the projects that we're working on that are in the UK, they're, mm-hmm. they're unchanged because they're all um, they're all currently going through planning permission. So that's not really affected by 
Yeah. Makes sense. So nothing actually, is actually good because we've been able to, um, we've like taken down our website and we're just rebuilding that, doing a total rebranding, um, finishing off the book. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I need to talk to you about the book as well. So um, what's the book called? What's it about? The book's not got an official name yet, mm-hmm. but it's in essence just the book of Stoic Homes. Okay. Um, is it just works that you guys have done? Is that what it is? No, it's the it's the the whole the whole thing, the whole story, the you know how you came up with the idea? Is that Yeah, the 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 how we came up with the idea um a total breakdown of the current financial market, the housing crisis, the economic crisis the psychology behind why people aren't satisfied in life and how that's mm. linked to where they're living and you know their outgoings and expenses and um you know how people are basically just over leveraged makes sense um, right. because they've, because they've been taught that having a big fancy house and big fancy car is going to make them happy but mm. that's not true um it talks about the philosophies influencing what we do um it talks about the environmental impact of current housing build methods um it gives examples of um it gives examples of individual like situations so for example um breaking giving a giving a um, an average for like someone who's already got a house and what sort of position they're going to be in mm. and then what they could potentially do to get themselves in a better position but Makes then sense. we give examples for like if you're a student, if you're under 18, if you're retired, if you're a landowner, if you're a family, an investor, minimum wage worker, um, and then just give like general, yeah, nothing, so, nothing official obviously because there's a lot of variables to life. Makes uh, sense. But just general, yeah. Guide. When is the book coming out? Um, I don't know. <laughs> it just keeps getting more and more detailed. So, um, whenever it's ready, it definitely in the next, you know, four to six months. Oh wow! Okay, that's pretty. That's pretty quick. I would say yeah. because it takes years to write a a work worth of value. And uh, so, when yeah. did you start writing the book? Um when like when i had the idea of you know setting up a tiny house or building a tiny house i had the idea of writing a book um and i've and i've started it and then just kept adding to it and adding to it and then meeting more people getting more people involved to have to because it's not just all my perspective it's mm-hmm. like we actually have you know, an economist, a psychologist, 
you know, a, a Buddhist, you know, we get, we, we get loads of people involved to, you know, give their qualified opinion on certain subjects. Um, and then we just try and bring it all back to how it relates to your house. Interesting. Oh, okay. Okay. And uh, so if I was to, obviously, I understand that you're trying to disrupt the market, but market is led by demand, right? Um, my question would be that if you were to bring this new product into the market, which you are doing right now, which is fantastic, what's the demand been like? Have you guys, do you guys think that the demand is higher than the supply? If you're if you're able to supply 45 houses a month, um, what are the requests that you're getting these days regarding these type of houses? So the demand is 300,000 houses a year. Yep, that's the national demand. That's the national demand. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had interest from, I can't say names, but a pension fund locally um, that wants us to build a test village of 120 houses. Um, and then if it goes well, they've got loads of sites already ready to go. Makes um, sense. What's a test village, by the way? A what? A test village? What does that mean? So a test village is, in essence, the the pension fund the minimum size development they will invest in is 120 houses Hmm. so they've basically approached us and said you know we like the product we want to start with a village of 120 and if it Hmm. goes well if the test goes well then we can do more villages Okay, because I, I just thought when you said, when you use the word test, I thought it's one of those trial things. We'll give you the money, you build the house. If you don't like it, we'll break it all down and we'll take our money back kind of thing. That's what I thought test meant because they're just testing the market and they're not sure. Um, so, okay, uh, you're, you're coming from an investment perspective. That wasn't what my question was fo- solely aimed at. I'm talking about demand for for people to live in these type of houses. For example, if somebody who's a first time buyer looking for a residential property, why would they, I understand from an environmental perspective, yes, they'll choose you guys over um, over a Victorian built house or a new built house. But from an investment perspective, um, historically, Victorian houses do a lot better compared to um, something that is or that has no history like yours. So how would you convince somebody like that to uh, to actually purchase or invest in stoic homes, essentially? Um, we, Sorry we for asking the hard question. We don't question. do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if, if, if you like our product and mm-hmm. you, know, you resonate with what we do and the way we do it, then... Mm-hmm you're going to invest but you know we're not for everyone we know that okay Um, and we are targeting a niche market of people that you know want to live in a more environmentally sustainable manner they want to live in a a more green environment um uh yeah okay okay so you're saying so your answer to that question is essentially that you're um, your aim is not to to target um, 
everyone at the same time rather to those people who are more environmentally conscious which is a lot of the millennials are our age your age and my age yeah. so i understand that there is a definite demand of this kind of product being there and um and and so so if i was to say um since the launch of this company uh say, say okay let's say by the end of this year where do you want to see stoic homes where where would you like them to where do you, where would you like you guys to be by the end of this year um it's hard to say really because the corona situation has you know changed our plans slightly mm -hmm. um but really now this is the business guy in me kind of reinvigorates yeah. <laughs> Because I was just thinking, you like, need aim, man. It's you need, hard like... to say because the things that we're working on, I mm -hmm. can't actually talk about them. I understand that. I understand that. I don't really expect you to. I wouldn't expect you to. Specific exact answer. Fair enough. Like, is is hard, mm. um, but. But all know, I'm expecting to to in in two to three years, we'd mm -hmm. like to have several villages set up in the northwest of England um, and be, you know, going through planning permission on sites in, you know, we definitely want to be looking at London mm -hmm. um, just because it's, yeah, the demand is so high over there yep. Yep. and the supply of, you know, decent houses is very low. I like it. Um, but yeah, just, just, cracking on with what we're doing really fair enough, fair like enough. Okay. Directly, so it's not so much um speed that we're concerned about it's just mm. it's the main concern is integrity and just making sure that everything we do every step we take is the correct one okay since the um, launch of this company what's been the hardest part to overcome so far in your journey um planning permission interesting a lot of people might say that so why has that been an issue um because because we're taught because in essence we want to be building houses on fresh green fields ideally mm. Um, in the countryside, of, yeah, there's a lot of um, regulations governing it. So we've, in essence, had to design our houses and our villages to meet the exemptions. Hmm. Wow. Do you feel like it actually any of the regulations possibly uh, come in clash with your um, what you're trying to do? essentially do you do you feel like some of the things that they may say might in the planning uh document for example would would clash with something that you believe in has that ever happened um it's funny it's it's more like the actual regulations themselves are hmm. you know definitely going in the right direction in terms of you know they want to be seeing eco credentials and all that but then when it actually comes to you putting in an application, they sort of go, whoa, 
Like we didn't think anyone was actually going to do it, and then <laughs> you know, you've got to. It's just there's a lot of back and forth, basically. And th- that and that annoys you, I presume. No, not annoy. It doesn't annoy me because it's expected. It's just part of the process. Fair enough. Again, like it's like you say, it's a learning curve, and yeah. uh, there's um, and and I'm sure once you crack this. Once you do one, and, and now you know when you're on your 50th, um, you know that it would be such a, an easy thing for you to do because you've done it 50 times, essentially. So yeah. I, guess, I guess this is part of the deal. I hope you enjoyed part one of this fascinating interview. Please go to episode 20 to listen to the second part where Nathan and I talk about his spiritual journey. This was Vital Educators Podcast by Ahmed Sakeem. Hope you enjoyed. Please follow or subscribe for more content every week.